0: Finishing in Nairobi was all about was spreading the message of Nairobi around the world. And then you have the final bit, which is the poster exhibition. After 36 cities, 37 posters from around the world, a snapshot of design and Nairobi fits in that. And again, for everyone involved, how bloody proud we were to see Nairobi and the beautiful poster and the whole event fit in a global context.
1: We're discussing the Bach Project poster exhibit that took place as a celebration of yo coming to Nairobi. I think the posters that brought out not just some of the heart of the artists but also the music, it was a real privilege to see. And not only did we get to see yo but we also got to see Kenyan performers. There was cello-bration And as we came out after the performance of Yo-Yo Ma, Celebration and other guys were playing there, and they were playing a lot of movie soundtracks and theme music. I know they played Game of Thrones once. I think that was their finale. And then they got asked for an encore because people enjoyed it so much. So they played it again for people. And that was a group of 20 plus celloists they say it was probably a large percentage, maybe a quarter of all the cellos in Kenya or something like that. And then there was a performance as well. Yo-Yo Ma came back on. He was performing with Drum Drummer Queen and doing some kind of live cello stuff as well. I got to speak to one of the drummers, but I can't remember their name. Maybe Peter will enlighten us. They lined up African drums and really gave it everything. And I think Yoyoma Ma was there as well for part of that. But there was also Kenyan clothing. Kuyu, with his brand Liquid Lemon, was there at the Kenyan National Theatre. There was Mobius as well. And it was really well organized. Credit to the team. It was clear that everyone had really thought about everything. And the poster exhibit itself, Yoyoma Ma actually signed a copy of each of the posters M- most of them are quite large they're like A0 size and they're signed by the musician and they're actually available as well for purchase directly from Africa House or on Hustle Sasa i know Hustle Sasa is selling the non signed copies i believe as well Welcome,
0: Peter. I can hear you. Really great to hear you. Adrian, I just want you to know that I have been listening to what you're doing. And you might not know that I had a career presenting artists around the world before I moved eventually to Nairobi. This is the first artist I've done here. And on various different occasions, the show was about to go on, but it wasn't ready and someone would be pushed out on stage to explain to the audience that something has happened. You know, an artist had been delayed on his flight from New York or the soundboard had blown up and someone would have to keep talking until, you know, the rest of the team arrived. So I just want to say, I think you've done an exceptional job to keep talking and that you actually saved the day because it was you who said this thing could not be done on a computer. So I switched to my phone. So. You not only were the technical star, but your verbal skills, you know, kept people from throwing tomatoes at the stage.
1: Uh, thank you, Peter. Appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I can talk about design, art and music as well. So really grateful for everyone's patience. Thank you all for joining us. Peter, why don't you tell us then about this career that's brought you here to post-Yo-Yo Ma in Nairobi.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's two things we're talking about, right? We're talking about Yo-Yo's actual performance and what we did to make an event out of that. We're talking about how it extended out from the stage performance into his day of action and the poster exhibit here. You know, something wonderful happened when this started. That Yo-Yo's team said that they were... Committed to playing the National Theatre. This is the last stop on the tour. They wanted to play, you know, the Kenyan National Theatre. The last stop of 36 cities. And they wanted to give the performance that sort of, you know, the gravitas rather than play. There were some other, you know, university halls or school hall halls that were a bit bigger. But they wanted to really respect Kenya in that way. So then we said to them, Well, actually, you know, there's not a lot of seats, can we get some more seats outside? And we'd use screens and everything. And they agreed to that. They agreed to having the screens outside, speakers outside and 400 people sat outside and watched it. And a couple of times people gave standing ovations outside to a screen, you know, I mean, it was fantastic. And I think, you know, in terms of a blend of production, it couldn't have gone better, the sheer physical strength, stamina to play for two and a half hours at the age of 70. No, no, it's not even a sip of water. It's quite extraordinary. And then we had to turn it in, as I heard you say, Adrian, before, into a bit of a festival, which is why we saw it. Performers starting in the afternoon at 4.30 and going to 11.30 at night. Like, wow, we are so lucky that Yo-Yo chose to highlight, you know, Kenya and highlight what was going on here. That leads to the second part which is his day of action. He gets in a Matatu, the day of action and the poster exhibit. it. He gets in a Matatu, drives around town, jumps out of his Matatu and plays his million dollar cello on the streets of Nairobi, goes with artists, sits with artists, makes content, video that all will be coming out over the next few months, goes into a vinyl record store. I say this and I, I don't want to put anybody, any other country down, but where else in Africa can you do this? Where else can a guy jump off a bus in the local markets and play a million-dollar cello and the security be chilled and be okay with that? Where else can he have this explosion of art and activity come together? And he wanted to show Nairobi to the world. So a big piece in The Guardian, a big piece from The New York Times writer here, spreading the word around the world about Nairobi. And that was really what this whole event was about, the finishing in Nairobi was all about, was spreading the message of Nairobi around the world. And then you have the final bit, which is the poster exhibition. After 36 cities, 37 posters, actually, because one of the posters was for Istanbul, and Istanbul was cancelled as the concert was falling during a period of government censorship. So 37 posters from around the world, a snapshot of design, and Nairobi fits in that. And again, for everyone involved, how bloody proud we were to see Nairobi and the beautiful poster and the whole event fit in a global context. So I guess that's a summary of Yo-Yo's performance and of the other pieces, and hopefully it gets the conversation rolling.
1: Yeah, really great. Thank you, Peter. What was the reasoning for Yo-Yo Ma to do this tour at this stage in his career? And then what brought him to want to make it happen as well in Nairobi?
0: Look, I think from a cello player's perspective, there's a specific thing around the Bach cello suites, right? It's iconic, right? Now, what's amazing to me, and I throw this out to all artists in the room, is that artists can continue to flourish and grow at quite an advanced age. In fact, my next project is at Picasso's residence in France. In some ways, Picasso's best work came out towards the very end, right? When you're all the person, all the feelings, all the experience. Now, the challenge with that is that sometimes the actual trade that you do, and in Yo-Yo's case, it's sitting on a seat and playing for two hours, 40 minutes, Sometimes the physicality starts to slow down, even though your connection as an artist to your craft increases. If I had to give my view of this, this is when the artist is approaching his peak as an artist and physically he can still do this incredible task. So we got to see in Nairobi, the 36 cities around the world, got to see a man at his best, the greatest cellist of our time, playing the hardest stuff at his absolute best when he still had the absolute physical capacity to play at his best. So how's that sound, Adrian?
1: Yeah, really great, really great. I was really moved by some of the stuff he said as well during the performance. Mm-hmm. Actually, the performance is available online, right? At least some of it is available, the Nairobi one. I saw on YouTube, I believe. Yeah, it's not supposed to be.
0: No, no, we had oh. the live stream. At the, so when he did the original tour... I think he recorded it in London. So the London performance is meant to be the definitive performance. I mean, it's at the, you know, whatever, a magnificent theatre on the whatever perfect stage, and it's got whatever the perfect sound equipment is. We know that we can't compete for all those things in Nairobi. We can compete for passion and creativity and other things, but we don't have the best theatre or best tech set up. So the best version is the London version. Why Nairobi? And what happened was we weren't going to be the last stop on the tour. He was coming here 2020 and COVID got in the way. Now, what happened was when they started to put the tour back, you know, together again, they actually then made a conscious decision to come to Nairobi last because they wanted to play in somewhere that spoke volumes to both the past and the present and they saw Nairobi as being that place. And they took a more conscious decision in a post-COVID, post-pandemic, post-the-world-being-shaken-up-and-down world. And they said, well, we really want to finish this somewhere really special, somewhere that represents the past and the future. And it worked. It, like They got it when they came here. One of his crews said, this is the youngest audience we've played to. That's the future. When you play to a mature audience in some cities, you're not playing to the future. In Nairobi, he was playing to the future and that is really, really, really exciting, really exciting.
1: And what gave the idea then to do the posters and was there a poster exhibition in any of the other cities as well? Was that a component to the performances?
0: Adrian, you know that at the heart of a person who loves design is someone with OCD. And I opened the files that showed the posters from around the world, and I looked at them and I was blown away. And I was blown away by just the explosion of creativity from around the world. And I approached the organizers and said, hey, I'd love to do an exhibition of these posters, put them all up at the same time. And no one had thought of doing it. The two hadn't stopped performing, so maybe it was a combination of that and we were able to do this retrospect. And I love design. You asked me for some of my experiences. Look, for about a year, I was chairman of, of Brand Sydney and the Greater Sydney Partnership, and I looked after the iconography, logos, etc. of Sydney, and we looked to address those and change those, and I got to meet some of the greatest designers in the world. I traveled around the world, and I met, amongst others, you know, milton glazer who designed the uh, i heart new york logo who's a giant in the industry tucker max remo jeffrey just these amazing designers and creators from around the world and to talk to them about design and the origin design and so i'm a bit of a design fanatic for me 36 posters from fantastic designers in different parts of the world all working within a literally a five-year span is to me just it's such an opportunity to see the state of design and art around the world so it was a no-brainer to do no-brainer at all
1: yeah and love that you like you said earlier kind of made a festival of the whole experience as well so it wasn't just one performance it was a lot of other interactive parts and aspects to it was there a particular process to curating those designers? Do you have any insight into how the team gave direction?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Your final comment of giving direction, there was direction, right? But it was very broad. It was asked the artists for their interpretation of music, bark, yo-yo, traveling their city at this time. Right, so that, I mean, that just kept it within a genre that it wasn't gonna be a poster about soccer and it wasn't going to be about any other city. It was going to be about that city at that time and music. But I do know that this was organized by the Nest Group, N-E-S-T. Their website is Grow a Nest, which is a U.S. arts commissioning organization that works with different artists around the world. And what they did is they didn't go out to get the fanciest artist in every market and the most established artist in every market. They went up to get the rising stars and creatives in each place. And I think that's why you see so much creativity. And they did their research, they approached a couple of artists, they see who was available in each city. So that's how it came together. I'm sure it came together a little bit like it did in Nairobi, which was, you know, they came out here or they contacted people here. Every person gave four or five recommendations of who they thought would have a good relationship with this, who they thought was the right place in their career, who they thought could do a good job. And then the same sort of name start picking up in certain baskets. And then, you know, it gets more and more and then you pick that person. It's not perfect science. Jabet is not the only rising great Kenyan designer. It could have been another one. There's lots of talent around, but they ran a process, they found a person and they worked with her and it came together. And all of this is another part of what we're just so happy to be part of you know it wasn't a sponsor you know choosing the artwork for it it wasn't deemed from on high it was an organic process it's just asking people who's around yeah that's the idea
1: some of the pieces are actually on sale yeah at africa house yeah except for the
0: ones that have sold they're all on sale
1: we saw a few pieces that melissa shared with us Mm -hmm. and we can share with the team that is here some of the pieces from chicago yeah, that is on display and on sale mm-hmm. from lima and from paris so they have incredible background and stories about these posters and how the artists came to develop them would
0: you want oh. to share a little bit about them yeah there's the paris right paris is the freaking oh. coolest one at the top of it it has this you know dude in the plastic shoes and the singlet top but it has all those frenchy references about architecture and you know if you're an architecture nut which i'm not you can get the bauhaus and the palladium and all these other features that go in there with the extension into the stars and the french work the next one is oh yeah it's a bit darker right it's a bit darker and moody and that's what's funny they all had the same music and they came up with some very different feelings for what they're doing i love it okay what's the next one you had in there yeah chicago there it is chicago has built a reputation because of its high rates of gun related violence yet many people still call it home and live on to create beautiful memories in the city right
1: that was a quote from the person who came up with the artwork
0: sergio Fafan, and you know chicago's going through a tough time at the moment. It's got like a lot of American yeah. cities going mm-hmm. up, going up and down, and Chicago's going through a tough time. Some people might see it as a cartoonist take on a Moreau type of picture mm-hmm. and might see the Moreau elements in it, or they might see the street graffiti eyes around corners and the cartoon eyes as a part of the fun of the city.
1: I wonder if there's any other connections that can happen across these artists. Are they connected at all? Is there something happening around that? Yeah. It would be really great to make them aware, right?
0: Yeah, well actually I think there's a project for us there. Some of them did this three years ago or did this at the beginning of COVID or did this before COVID and then they're like, Oh wow, this is still going? This is gonna come up in Nairobi, Kenya? You know, this is gonna be shown in a gallery. And we're just re-engaging with them. But to actually create this community between them and to create and link and share some of these stories, I know some of the Africa House teams on the call and content like today enables us to go back to them and say, hey, guys, you know, this is what's happening to your work. This is what it's grown into. It was part of this, ultimately, this whole project. So, yes, it's really clear that we should be doing more of that.
1: Great. Maybe then you can actually take an opportunity, you mentioned the Africa House team, to tell people what Africa House is about. How did that come about?
0: So Africa House sits in a quiet pocket on the Karen side of town and was designed to be a creator space, a gathering space for the creative community of Nairobi. And over three levels, we have dining spaces, lounge spaces, work spaces, outdoor spaces, in bedrooms and we really use the yo yo ma event to open us to the public before that our largest event was nairobi design week party at the end of it but we are really now complete finished and got a team here designed to create events that keep bringing the nairobi creative community together you know you sometimes got to find a structure for that and a way to get paid and a sponsor and a way to make the bar cover itself. We're not a charity, we're not a foundation, we're not an NGO, but we're pretty passionate about the benefits that come from gathering creative people together across the different silos. Part of the origin story for Africa House is that I sat with a friend of mine who I consider one of the world's best writers, Yvonne Othiembo, and I said, oh, great, you're doing this? Do you know this person? She was like, no, I don't know them. I was like, what do you mean you don't know them? You're a legend. And they're a legend. You don't know them? She's like, no, I haven't met a different area of the arts in Kenya. And I said, what about this person? You met them? And she's like, no, I'd like to meet them, but I haven't. I said to her, how can you, like a global rock star, not know some of the people in Kenya who are you know, global rock stars in a different area of the creative arts? And she hadn't. So it was really like the first wake-up call that I got that... There are not many opportunities, and I know that you create them, Adrian, at what you're doing there, and an opportunity factory creates them. You know, it creates connection and opportunities for collaboration, right? Artists now just in different parts of the world now just call it collabs, right? Collabs does sound like a laboratory, a co-laboratory, but collabs, like the opportunity for collabs is just made so much better if people are actually meeting and talking and coming up with ideas and spinning them off and pitching them to people. So that's a bit of the origin story. We're up and going and looking to put together events. So I know you've been here a couple of times, Adrian, so you you know how it can work. And we like to have a bit of fun in and amongst all this serious stuff.
1: Definitely. Definitely. It felt like everyone was having a lot of fun while working on the Yo-Yo Ma project you mentioned something earlier but are there any projects you've got coming up that you'd
0: like to share with us Uh, we've got some other stuff which we haven't announced yet and working with and a bunch of partners that we're enjoying developing projects with but yeah that's all we've got on the slate at the moment some of us need a bit of a holiday after all the work we put in on the yo-yo thing we didn't get a break for a while then we'll come back with more events and really do like working with your community adrian once you're in design you cross over a whole bunch of different industries and it's really great that we've had this event together and look forward to working on it some more together.
1: Yeah, we've enjoyed the event that we got to do at Africa House and we hope we can do that again. And also we've got quite a few projects and quite a few partners we're talking to. Among them was Newcomer. They're a creative platform. We just had to catch-up this week, and they seem like it could be also really interesting for you guys if there's anything else you wanted to add.
0: We're just starting making this a place for great creativity that will continue for many, many, many years to come. So my final words, I just wanted to say thank you very much, Adrian, for this opportunity to talk about this, and to your team and to the projects we've done together. I just wanted to say thank you very much for all of that.
1: Thank you, too. We're really grateful to the entire team. Thank you for bringing us onto these projects. We'll, we'll let you catch that flight. Yeah. I'm sure people won't mind uh, <laughs> letting you go. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Take care. Thank you. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. If you have any ideas for episodes we should do, people we should host on the show... Please let us know we're really really interested in hearing your thoughts and if you've made it this far a review would mean so much to us as well on whichever platform you're listening to us on or even a recommendation to one of your friends or through a tweet we hope to get these stories out there to more people. I'm Adrian Kovyak. this episode was edited by David Kingori, with music by N'Gala and Mercy Barno. Thank you for tuning in to
0: Africa Design.